0: man it's good to be back I I escaped Australia we started off as a penal colony I think we're going back there we've got lockdowns happening everywhere but I'm free everyone say I'm free (laughs) you know just as you were uh, you were ministering so powerfully I turned to Pastor Anthony and said I'm glad she's on our side um But honestly, I and I know we've talked about this before, but I felt moved just to really encourage both of you. You know, the the church is called Church Alive. If you don't know, if you're new here for the first day, you think, man, I thought I was at a concert. No, 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 you were at a church. Um, But I, but I, I just think there's something on the word alive. And I started to feel a sense of stadiums alive. I could see both of you. And I know it's not the goal to just get in front of a mass of people, Um, but you could both hold your own on any stadium in the world. I sensed businesses alive. I sensed governments alive. I sensed homes alive. And what you've currently seen is but a seed of the Zoe life of God to the harvest that's ahead. I love what you've done to the place over summer. (laughs) But this is just a seed to what God has still got. Valerie and I love you. We are proud of you. And I know these people love you deeply. And know how blessed they are to have you as their lead pastors. You are all about championing others, and that's why God will continue to put His hand on your lives in Jesus' name. Why don't you thank God for your pastors? Stay standing just for a tick. We are. Uh, I want to I let you know where we're going to land with this, okay? Um, and it, it really does flow in to what you were uh, communicating in your prophetic dance before. Um, I, I, I hate to... I used to do liturgical dancing. <laughs> no, no, no. no, don't. No, 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 no. certain ones that are specially, specially gifted in that. And that's me. And uh, I have Lycra on under here, but you won't see it. But as you were encouraging us with your prophetic dance, it it is about that next step. And though I'm not going to talk in the how-tos today, normally I like to challenge people with, What do you want me to know and what do you want me to do? I'm gonna get the do bit out in the outset, if that's okay. When you catch a glimpse of the sovereignty and the kingship of Jesus, it actually does something on the inside to move you to move. When you catch a glimpse of the immensity of who He is, it puts into perspective any mountain that seems to be standing in the way. And so for, for some of you out of this, because 50, uh, uh, 252, life is not about moi. It will get you great stuff, but it's not about the stuff or the all things. It's about the giver behind the all things. Living as someone who is royalty has its perks, but it's not about the royal life, it's about the King. Some of you, in fact, you hadn't thought about it until now. You know there's a water baptism next week and it rolled straight over, over you, but you know, God wants you dunked and you're gonna be dunked next week. In fact, I had a sense there's 30 people that are not on the list right now that need to obey God through the waters of baptism. That's your next step. Someone else and you've been content up until now, for whatever reason, to be a Sunday attender, to come to church. We're delighted you're here. Online, you're not here, but you're here. You're as much in the room with us as we are here. We are really delighted that you are. But for those who are in the room, you've stopped short as someone who's coming to church rather than becoming the church. And you will take a step after the service to get into a transformed group. That's your next step. And so kingship has its perks, but when we humble ourselves under the King, it actually motivates our hearts to move in a royal way. Let me pray and then we're gonna open the Word together. God, we declare that indeed You are God. We declare that You are the King of every king. We declare that You're the King of our heart. We open our hearts up right now to receive Your Word by faith. In Jesus' Name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You be seated. Ah, that was so funny. That's so funny. I... uh, I wish I'd videoed it. Actually, <clears throat> Luke two two five two says, "And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature, and favor with God and man." That's the core text. I'm not going to be exegeting that today. I'm going to be getting a bit behind that <clears throat> in in Proverbs chapter three, and you won't find this on the screen. It's verse thirteen, just before kind of the, the verses that deal with wisdom. It says, happy is the man who finds wisdom and he who gains understanding. Verse 16 says that, that length of days is in his right hand and riches and honour in his left. And so wisdom, when you acquire wisdom, the Bible speaks of wisdom as a woman and I'm not going to touch that. It speaks of wisdom in the feminine, and how powerful wisdom is as a foundation of life. The highest degree that you can study, to my knowledge, in our contemporary culture, is a Ph.D. Everyone say careful not to spit in the person's hair in front of you. Say Ph.D. Oh, too late. PhD is a doctorate of philosophy, doctorate of philosophy and uh, it assumes that you have researched and obtained new knowledge for society, your research has brought back new knowledge. The word philosophy is an interesting one, it it actually means the love of wisdom, philo, love, sophothy is wisdom. The love of wisdom. And, uh, and the truth is that for two and a half thousand years or so with Socrates and Aristotle and all of the Greek dudes, that man has prided himself in acquiring and going after wisdom. The problem with that, if you go after wisdom based upon the wisdom of man that is shifting all the time, you're going to get caught up in a fruitless spiral on the treadmill of existence and not go anywhere. Wisdom was never intended to be based on the ideology of man. Wisdom and Proverbs 9 verse 10 and 11 says this to us, 10 I think it is, it says that, that the fear or the reverence of God is the beginning of wisdom. My, uh, my life before COVID was, seemed like a constant travelling on aeroplanes and it is really wonderful to be back in the US. I've been here just under a month, got two months to go. uh, But we got to travel some amazing places. I remember we were in Bogota, Colombia. Any Colombians in the house at all? Woohoo! And I love Bogota actually, fantastic city. And we were there with some other pastors from around the world. We had an audience at the time with the President. This is quite a few years ago. And uh, had tea with the President. We prayed over him. Uh, They were facing some really dire situations with the drug lords and so forth. And uh, and and so he was grateful for, you know, our prayer and so forth in that regard. Afterwards, outside the palace, we're getting some happy snaps and uh, some photos. And rather than Zoom, I don't know why I didn't do that, I said to my wife, did the classic, no, back further, 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 further. And she trod on a dog that bit her on the calf. Turns out it was the vice president's dog. And within about uh, 15 minutes, we were in the vice president's office with his medico. There are... Uh, there are more than one way to come before greatness. <laughs> Remember there was a time I was on Thai Airlines on the way up to Vietnam. We were training all of the uh, certain denomination of pastors up there uh, on how to run small businesses in order to stay connected with the community rather than you know running 30 people and getting a full-time salary and, and, uh, and, and really helping them to provide a sustainability. And uh, so I was on the way up there. And I was down in the, uh, in, down the back of the bus and uh, having a sleep. And before I realised it, I heard this rapid sound of camera shutters. And I woke up and I had lights in my eyes and they were taking photos of me. And turns out there was a, a competition and Thai Airlines and I was the one millionth ticket in this competition and so I won a free ticket that I never used But and, uh, and, and they asked me to stay an extra night in, in Bangkok and within a couple of hours I had an audience with the President. There are more than one way to come before greatness. Come with me to Revelation, Revelation chapter 4 we see this most stunning scene where heaven seems to open and we get a glimpse into the throne of God. John is on the island of Patmos and they had exiled him in order that he couldn't do any more damage with the gospel. And whilst he was there, just as a sidekick, he wrote the book of Revelation that's probably done more damage uh, to, uh, in, a, in a good way, to, to helping to share the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's not about hocus pocus, conspiracy theories, and so it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's the big message of the book of Revelation. And so, and so we read here in verse two at once, John says, I was in the spirit. And there before me was a throne in heaven and someone was sitting on it. Any guesses? And the one who sat on it had the appearance of jasper and a ruby and a rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones. Man, we got thrones everywhere. Here a throne, there a throne, everywhere. And seated on those thrones were 24 elders. And they were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne came flashes of of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lampstands were blazing. Wow, what an amazing scene. This Jesus sitting on the throne is still on that same throne. In the swirling of change and everything that's going down, particularly in this last season, how many know it's fantastic to realise Jesus is still on His throne? I said Jesus is still on His throne. Regardless of what's going on in your life right now, Jesus is on the throne. Regardless of the dip that's happening in your marriage, Jesus is still on the throne. Regardless of your financial challenges, Jesus is on the throne. Your emotional upset and and fear and insomnia, Jesus is still on the throne. When we think about that in the context of what was going on, so you have Jesus, stacks of thunder and lightning, just radiating like a jasper, I don't know what a jasper is, but I reckon it's pretty cool if Jesus is radiating it. And a ruby and there was all this lightning and and, and light coming out of the throne and there's 24 other dudes around the throne, each having their own thrones. Now, let let me ask you a question. You reckon these dudes around the throne were lightweights or heavyweights? Give me an answer. I reckon they were pretty heavyweights unfruitful or fruitful, help me now. They had crowns on their head. Now, because they were before the throne of God, we understand that Jesus is not unhappy with them having a crown. If, they, if He wasn't, they wouldn't have a crown in His presence. So the Bible talks a fair bit about crowns. It, it talks about the crown which is the word Stephanos, Stephanos, being a reward for a big effort. And so you could assume, without too much stretching the poetic bow on the whole thing, that these dudes had accomplished a whole truckload of good for the kingdom of God. Not only they were in white, so they understood that righteousness came not with their own efforts, and we'll get to that in a moment. There's some people here and you've you've even come in here down on yourself. God sorted out and unlocked some amazing stuff before. But as Pastor Anthony said, at the end of the service, as one here, me, I'm a first generation believer. It's not so long ago I was rolling out of bars and blind drunk. I crashed a couple of cars, nearly got killed. That was months ago now. I'm feeling a lot better. Just in case you, you're gullible, uh, I was joking. <laughs> Not about my past, but it was a fair while ago. It was like th- over th- 38 years ago. But, but, but the sniff of my vulnerability and my sin is still acutely in my nostrils. Today, God is going to shift you God is going to return you to a place of humility once again before Him. Some of you need to come back into relationship with Jesus. You're bouncing along the bottom. You're kicking in the dust. And, And we're delighted you're here. Online, listen up. We are delighted you're here. Sitting there in your jammies. Quarter past 12, you should be ashamed of yourself. Have a shower, get dressed, we'll wait. We just lost a few. It's like, I don't need to be abused. I've got my partner here that abuses me. Why would I want to be abused by a preacher? Today's your day. Come on, today's your day. God is going to do something to shift your heart. Here's the reality. That scene there seems so unattainable, so unattainable. And yet, as I read in the book of Hebrews, the the author of Hebrews, in in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16 says, You can come boldly before the throne of God's grace, all because of Jesus. Same Jesus, same sovereignty, but because of what He has done, in standing in for you and dealing with anything that would separate you and, here, you and you and the Father, you can come boldly into the throne of grace. Now, I wanted to bring that first scene to you before the second, because if there's a danger, I'm a grace person. I understand, just like these dudes that had the crowns on, the crowns weren't earning them anything in God's sight. The white robes would indicate that they understood that their salvation was reliant not on their crowns, but on the finished work of Jesus, on the crown of thorns that was shoved down onto His head, into His skull for you and I. My concern, if we just read the Hebrews 4.16, bowl into the throne of God, as Pastor Anthony already so powerfully articulated, in the king's house, it's all all things laid on. All things laid on. And yet we understand that he's still the king of kings and lord of lords. The, the genesis of your wisdom comes out of a reverence for who he is. And you untap a wellspring of wisdom that comes because of your revelation and understanding that he is your king. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, we're talking king. and And sometimes we get fixated in our Western culture on all the things. Not just all the material things, but just all the things. The benefits that accrue from being royalty. You say, me, royalty? Yeah, yeah, I'm not talking about, you know, Lizzie and Phil and all those guys up in England royalty or political royalty. I'm talking about the fact that your father in heaven, your saviour, Jesus is the king of kings. And if you are a son and daughter of the most high God, you're royalty. So it has its perks. It has its benefits. But the danger is we get focused on those benefits. We get focused on the crown. We get focused on the all things. Whereas in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, As you seek first the kingdom of God, King, kingdom, and His righteousness, then all the things will be added unto you. If you seek the things, you miss the king. If you seek the king, you get the things. You're tracking, you're tracking. Come on, if you're gonna gonna give God a, a clap for what He's done, not a little golf clap, really give Him a clap. Come on, come on. Seriously, it's not a golf game. So Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the King and His kingdom and His righteousness. Don't forget that. That's that revelation that you stand right before God based upon what Jesus has done, not based upon your crown. You got that. You got that, okay. So, so as we think this thing through and understand that that our, our way of a Luke 2.52 or a, a 2.52 life or a 2.52 way acquiring the wisdom of God starts when we acknowledge the King of wisdom as being our King. So in, in Luke 17, we read, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. And, And he goes on and says, well, some will say it's over here. Some will say it's over there. But he says, the kingdom of God is within you. Now, what it's not saying is that I am God. You see, God pines for connection with his kids, always has. He used to back in the, Old Testament days would the patriarchs speak randomly through heavy dudes. and, and, he, and, and you can imagine him talk, talk talk, oh, I, I want to connect with my kids. And then Moses built the tabernacle under God's pattern and he, that was his place of residence. And it was around his kids were, were around his kids. He loved hanging with his kids. And then David slash Solomon, Solomon actually ended up building the temple, which again was God's way of residing and dwelling amongst his kids. And then of course, Jesus came and he was God with us, Emmanuel. But the Holy Spirit, the upgrade there was not just the Holy Spirit, was not just God with us, he was God in us. And Paul writes that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God no longer dwells. In 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 temples made with hands. So so nice nice work here. This ain't a temple. It's ain't a, it ain't a sanctuary. It's not a tabernacle. You are the temple. You are the tabernacle. You are the sanctuary of the most <laughs> high God. So when we understand that, we understand that. God is not just king of the cosmos, but he's king of your heart. That's a powerful revelation. It it understands that your touch of God on your life is not just about you getting to heaven. If, if, If you're a carrier of the king and his your heart is the temple of the Holy Spirit, you are called to be a kingly representative wherever he go wherever you go you see the kingdom is simply the realm of the king and everything that the king represents so you my friend are not just one who comes to church you are someone who's becoming the church you are someone that's an ambassador of salvation, of healing, of deliverance wherever you go because your heart is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Oh gosh, it's a wonder that many Christians go through life bored spitless. I said spitless. Because the greatest gift and contribution you figure that you bring to humanity is to sit your butt on a seat every Sunday morning. What's your gift? I have the gift of bum sitting. (laughs) It's a very stylish butt and I put it on a seat. At least I'm here. You fulfilled not. You're living in your purpose? No. But I'm coming to church. Every now and again, pastor. When you have that good worship leader on. And I like the title of the series. You're blessed to have me. Nervous laughter right there. Whereas Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, King of kings and Lord of lords, has invested greatness into every single heart in this house. Every single person watching online, the King of kings has put seeds of greatness on the inside. I'm getting excited. Am I might preach in a minute. When we understand, you know, I've started to pray some prayers, not just in my, I love hanging out with God. Personally, I'm not saying you have to do this, I, I love to tithe my time. I love to give, you know, we give tithes of our finance, hopefully. That's not generosity. Tithing is not generosity, it's giving back to God what's already His. So don't, 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 don't hold on to money that's already God's. just a tip. He says, you can have the 90%, trust me with the 10 and I'll magnify the mighty percent, 90% way, way more. That's a tithe of your money. But what about your time? Greatest resource, they would say, these days is time. Love doing that, love doing that. But part of what I've been doing recently is just praying some prayers. I've, I've been praying the Shema, which is the Deuteronomy 6 prayer that Jew, Jewish folk pray morning and night. They learn it from a little kid. I think you see it in The Chosen where Jesus, if, the, if you watch that, where Je- the little kids, you know the Shema, and, you know, the hero Israel, it says, The Lord your God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. The other thing I've been praying is the Lord's Prayer. And, uh, and you know, I've got a Catholic background, so I know it off by art and all that sort of stuff. And uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And I stopped on that just two days ago. I said, God, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. God, bring your kingdom through me today. Bring your kingdom through me today. Come on, you should pray that prayer, but it's a dangerous prayer. Bring your king. So we're driving across a bridge down in Nashville. There's a lady who stopped and looking over the edge of the bridge. And it it wasn't a pedestrian thoroughfare. It was just a it was just a road. But she'd walked halfway, she's in the middle of the bridge. And I said to my buddy who was driving, I said, You see that? And he said, What? And I said, There's a lady looking precariously like she's disturbed. She's troubled. So we did a loop around, came back, and I opened my window, I said, Are You okay? And she said, tears in her eyes. She was looking very unhappy. She said, Go, 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 go. Bye bye. Bye. And of course we didn't. And she started walking back off the bridge. But it was a fair way. It was about Four or five hundred yards, and uh, and so and she'd stop every ten paces and look over the edge again. So I got out of the car and gently walking toward her, and uh, and and I got within about five steps of her, intentionally. And she, I don't know whether she knew I was there or not. She finally turned around. And we were still a long way, maybe two hundred yards from the edge of the bridge, and uh, and and I came up to her. And I've been praying my heart out. I was like, I wasn't like, you know, a great man of faith and power. I was pasting flour right there. I was like, oh God, my heart's going 10 to a dozen. What if? So I put my arm around her because there was traffic flashing that way and the bridge that way. Incidentally, if this stirs something up for you, it's, it's, it's okay. Please reach out to someone. Please reach out to one of your pastors. Lots of people are having lots of emotional and mental issues at this time. It's been a harrowing time. So I walked her off the end of the bridge, off the end of the, you know, where it wasn't dangerous. And I said, can I pray for you? And she said, yes. And so I said, come and sit down on the barrier here. So we prayed. It just was freshly, just, it brought home. And again, I just happened to be there, but it's a dangerous prayer. I'm like, God, I wasn't actually, can can I just, when I, your kingdom come. I was thinking about some other stuff, you know. That Can we talk about that for tomorrow? Or maybe I won't pray it tomorrow. The presence of God is here right now. Jesus is here right now. And He's desperately wanting to connect to you on the inside. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. You know those those. Elders, we're going to pray for you in a moment. Just all of those here who say, Michael, I'm distant from God. Singers and music, as you come. Those elders had these crowns on their head, part of the, the fulfillment of their reward, of the good stuff they'd done. When they got into the presence of Jesus, you read it, they took the thrones off and they threw them at the feet of Jesus. They cast their crowns at the feet of Jesus. All of the things, all of the fame, all of the impact, all of the resource that they'd amassed for the kingdom of God in Jesus' presence was worthless. There's a sense in which, when we understand He's the King of the cosmos, we understand He's the King of our heart, that He wants us to humble our hearts before Him. We're done. But I wanna pray just for everyone here. It says, Michael, I, I need to get my life right with Jesus. I need to come into that place. I need to humble my heart. And I'd love to do that just in a moment. Can you close your eyes right across the house? From the front to the back on either side. I sense the Holy Spirit is stirring your heart right now. You say, Michael, that's, that's where I'm at. He's the, he's the King of my, I know He's the King of the cosmos, but I'm not sure He's King of my heart with every eye closed, every head bowed, I'm gonna simply count to three. When I hit three, every one of us who says, Michael pray for me, include me in this prayer. I want you to confidently and boldly lift your hand in the air. One, Jesus Christ died that you might have life. He took your sin on the cross so you could have nothing, no impediment between you and the Father. Two, the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. When you hear His voice, don't harden your heart but respond to Him. Right across the house, front to the back on either side. As soon as I hit three, you say, Michael, that's me. I wanna see your hand. Lift it up right now, three, right across the house. Many hands, many, just keep it raised right now. Keep it raised right now. God sees not just your hand, but your heart. And He's he's fixing to do some restorative work. He's fixing to bring such a beautiful sense. Some of you are feeling the the presence of God right where you are. I'm seeing a number of you wiping tears from your eyes. It's the the Holy Spirit, my friend. It's it's the, the overflow of God's grace and love in your life. Church Alive, why don't we thank God for each and every one of them. Put your hands together and thank God. Come on, thank God. Let's all stand, let's all stand, let's all stand. Let's pray, let's all pray right now, not just those that raised your hand. Dear Heavenly Father, come on, dear Heavenly Father, I come to You right now in the Name of Your Son, Jesus. I acknowledge my need of You. Thank You for taking my sin on that cross. I declare that I am forgiven. I declare that You are the King of the world. And I declare that You're the King of my heart. In Jesus' Name. Come on, Amen and Amen. Come, Come on, on shall we thank Michael Murphy?